listening to the official podcast of Oasis Community Church, where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and anything's possible. If you'd like to learn more about Oasis, request prayer, or get in touch with a pastor, visit our website at oasischurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. This summer, we're in a series called The New Ordinary, and we're talking about today, Ordinary Expectations. So growing up, we used a lot of euphemisms in church. You know, church was a very polite place, and so there are a lot of things you couldn't say. Things like, you know, we would say that someone passed away, which is an interesting phrase. Of course, it means that they died, but you don't want to just walk up and say, hey, I heard your dad died, right? So we say, your dad passed away. We also use that phrase, um, expecting, right? Oh, do you know so-and-so is expecting? And as a, as a small child, I thought, what, what possibly could she be expecting? <laughs> like, expecting what? You know, expecting a new puppy? You know, expecting a birthday cake, right? But apparently you weren't supposed to use the word pregnant in, in you know, polite conversation. Uh, I was a young father, uh, became a father when I was 19, and I, I thought I, you know, knew everything I needed to know. And so I was going to teach my children the proper names of things, right? I wasn't going to let them use euphemisms. And so we're going to use like regular words. That went over really well until one Sunday in the worship service, I was standing there with my two-year-old and I was with my father-in-law. And uh, she looks up to me and she goes, Daddy, I need to defecate. <laughs> and he goes, did she say decaffeinate? I said, no, no, she said she needed to defecate. He goes, what? I said, she needs to poop. He goes, why can't you just teach her to say poop? (laughs) So we have this idea, right, or this reality, I might call it, in our lives, that we have certain expectations, and and our feelings, our, our sense of wholeness or wellness is very closely related to our expectations, right? So if you go in, your expectation, like let's say you go to the movies and your expectations are kind of low, like you don't think it's going to be very good. And then you're surprised. You're like, oh, that wasn't so bad. I really enjoyed it. Or sometimes, to, to stick with the movie example, sometimes you'll have such high expectations that nothing could possibly live up to that, right? Or someone has told you about a restaurant and they've gone on and on and on about how great the restaurant is. And it's very difficult to kind of live up to those expectations. In a lot of ways, that's how humor works. I mean, all of those jokes that Mikkel told us, uh, they work because we're expecting one thing and we kind of get another. And it makes us laugh. Which is exactly what happens in this story that Alan read for us. Right? We have a story where Abraham, an old man had been promised, right, that um, he and his wife Sarah, who was also old, were going to have a child. They were childless. They're going to have a child, and that child is going to be blessed, and that child will have children, and those children will have children, and that family would eventually become a nation. And through that nation, the whole world would be blessed. And so there's that promise. And then all of a sudden, these three people kind of show up And in that culture, hospitality is everything. And so they scramble quickly to make sure that they're kind of hospitable to these three. Um, There's a famous uh, icon. 
Rublev's icon. It's uh, here on the screen for us. And this is, this is Rublev's depiction of the three visitors of Abraham, sometimes referred to as um, Abraham's hospitality, sometimes referred to as Rublev's trinity, because it, it is believed by some that the three visitors that came to Abraham's tent were some kind of manifestation of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, some kind of you know, pre-Christian prefiguring of this, of this God that would come and would bless Abraham. And they come, and of course, Abraham gives them the hospitality that you might expect, right? He, he shares with them, and they, they do everything they need to do. They prepare the meal, and the folks, the visitors that are there are extraordinarily blessed, and they feel extraordinarily welcomed, and their expectations are kind of fully met. And then they speak an expectation that could not possibly, possibly been anticipated by Abraham or by Sarah. One of them speaks and says, I'm going to leave. We're going to, we're going to go now, but I'll be back within the year. And when we get back, Sarah will have given birth to a son. And she overhears it and she laughs, right? And we all laughed when Alan read the text because she laughed. He called her on it. He goes, why are you laughing? She said, I didn't laugh. He goes, yes, you did. You laughed. Of course she laughed because her expectation could not have possibly met that reality, right? It couldn't, it couldn't be that. And that kind of gave life to her, right? So here's the thing. Life can be really hard. You don't need me to tell you that. You've experienced it. Life can be very difficult. We hear prayer requests kind of week in and week out, and we know that people have hard times. But we have this idea that somehow, through it all, before it all ends, that God's going to do something, that God's going to act, that because we now live in a post-Pentecostal reality, right, Christ has risen from the dead, right? We, we, we announce it, the mystery of the faith, every Sunday as we come to the table. We say, Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. And that has it all. That's the whole faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. So we know that life is difficult, right? Christ has died. But we also now live in a reality that's after the resurrection. We live in a reality where the dead have come back to life. And we live in a reality where we can hope for something still more, which is the return of Christ. So our expectations should be um, formed, transformed into, by the hope of Christ, into something more. Like, yes, life is difficult. Yes, there are hard times. But the story's not over. There's more to come. And we should expect our expectations, our ordinary expectations, should now become kind of extraordinary. Like, our ordinary expectations should become remarkable because we serve a God of life. We serve a God of new life. We serve a God where the Spirit has been poured out on all flesh, and therefore, everyone is included. Everyone is welcome to the table. Like, that, that changes the equation. 
It changes the way we should see the world, and it changes the way we should behave. We sang in the, um, in the call to worship um, uh, this morning. Um, we didn't sing uh, uh, Gretchen read for us, but it was that, it was that you know, also popular psalm of Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Make a joyful noise, right? It's something we're being told to do. Like, again, life can be hard. It can be difficult. But make a joyful noise. Why are we making a joyful noise? Because we can expect to laugh. We can expect to have a promise. We can expect for things to work out, even though they might not seem like they're working out now. There's this passage out of Romans um, chapter 5. I want to uh, share it with you. This is Paul writing to the church in Rome. This is Romans chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. He says, Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand. And we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only in that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Indeed, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, someone might actually dare to die. But God proves his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have been justified by faith, it says, we have peace with God. It's not something that we may have. It's not something that is somehow contingent on any other part of reality. We are at peace with God. All enmity has been resolved. God is not having any kind of negative thoughts about you. God loves you. God came in the, in the person of Jesus Christ and died on the cross for you. The Father resurrected the Son and to resolve these things. So that's why we're all invited to the table. That's because forgiveness has been offered to all. You have all been forgiven. You are all welcomed at the meal. And so suffering, which is inevitable, like that should also be part of your expectations, right? That life is hard. Don't be surprised by it. That's an ordinary expectation that we're going to have sufferings. But sufferings, as Paul tells us, produces endurance. And endurance, right, produces... What does it produce? Character. Very good. And character produces hope. Man, now that's, that's an expectation. That's an expectation that excites me. It's an expectation that I can kind of get behind. It's something that does give me hope that my sufferings are not for, for no, no cause, right? But that suffering can produce, can produce uh, endurance and that endurance can produce character and that character can produce hope. Jesus in the Gospels would, would send out the disciples and he would tell them, like, when you go to a place, 
Don't worry about how you're going to take care of yourself. Just go with the gospel, right? And you will be provided for. And if they don't offer you hospitality, it's not, it's not on you if they don't receive you. It's on them. In fact, he says to kind of shake the dust off your shoes. It's kind of an odd, odd statement, right? So why in the world would they be shaking their dust off their shoes? And why would shaking dust off their shoes have anything to do with what's kind of going on there? Well, in the ancient world, one of the things that you would do as an act of hospitality is you would wash the feet of your guest. This is exactly what Abraham had done to hit for his three guests. They had, they had scurried around to prepare the meal. But before they sat down for the meal, Abraham washed the feet of his three uh, guest. And Jesus says, when you go out, if, if you're not received, shake the dust off of your feet. Well, the reason we know that you haven't been received is because you still got dirty feet. Because had you been received, you would have received that act of hospitality, right? You would have had it. And so to shake your dust off your feet is to kind of cast judgment or at least a little shade, right? on your host because you're like, well, right? I got some dirty feet. I, I, I could have been welcomed. So what might all this mean for us? Like in terms of our ordinary lives, how might we live in a way that both appreciates and anticipates ordinary expectations like suffering and endurance? but also maybe some remarkable or extraordinary expectations like character and hope. Because we serve a God who, while we were still enemies with him, while we were still sinners, he died for us, our expectations can be that there's nothing that we can do that would disqualify us from being loved by God. That's good news for us. But we should become the good news for others. Like we become the body of Christ. We say that. Behold what you are, become what you receive. Right? Like Paul, Paul says this. This is in a different passage. But Paul would say, um, Did you all not know that your bodies are members of the body of Christ? So your bodies, touch your body. Right? Right? Your bodies are members of the one and only body of Christ. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 6. But then later in that same chapter, he will then say, Did you all not know that your, y'all's body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Like we joked, one of the jokes that Mikel um, said was that, you know, he always saw his body as a temple, right? It was a joke about kind of weight or weight loss or health. And that's a thing that we say. But it's actually, um, theologically, I mean, it's a funny joke, but, but theologically, the idea that you're a temple and you're a temple and you're a temple and you're a temple, it could not be further from Paul's imagination. You are not all temples. Paul was a first century, second temple Jew, he knew where the temple was. It was a building standing in Jerusalem. And that was the house of God. And frankly, it was still standing when Paul wrote 
1 Corinthians. And so for him to say, while the temple is still standing in Jerusalem, did you all not know that y'all's body is the temple of the Holy Spirit is a remarkable statement. It's remarkable first because he's domesticating the actual building, right? And saying that where God resides is not just a building in that city. Where God resides is in the people of God. So that's remarkable. But then it's also remarkable because it's this collective thing that we have together. That our, that's a plural, body, that's singular, is the temple, that's also singular, of the Holy Spirit. So our bodies might be members of the body of Christ, but it's the body of Christ that, that is the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's why we say in the Apostles' Creed, too, when we confess it, right? It's on our website. It's, this is what we believe. That, that third stanza, sometimes called the third article, that focuses in on the Spirit and the work of the Spirit, this kind of act of Pentecost or post-Pentecost, this ordinary time, time, right? It says, one of the things it says is that we believe in the resurrection of the body. It doesn't say we believe in resurrection of bodies. Isn't that interesting? But rather, we believe in the resurrection of the body. The body that's being resurrected is the body of Christ. The body of Christ of which our bodies are all members of. And that one body that will be resurrected, the body of Christ, is that body of which we're all a part of, that is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so we come now with ordinary expectations, but our ordinary expectations are really extraordinary when compared to the world. Because now we expect that everyone will be welcomed. We expect that no one will be left out. We expect that we will always be forgiven. We expect that at the Father's house we are always loved. We are always um, encouraged. We are always included because he's done it all. Even while we were sinners, Christ died for us. But since we have been justified by faith, we are at peace with God. And for that, we can be grateful. But more than just grateful, because we are at peace with God, I think it compels us to also be at peace with one another. And Paul will say this later in that same letter, in, in chapter 12, he'll say, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with all people. And as for your enemies, feed them. And if you keep reading, he says this, the whole law is summed up in this one statement. Love your neighbor as yourself. So, <clears throat> in our new ordinary, we've been having some assignments. It's kind of like summer school, I know. So, two weeks ago, there was an assignment of try to pay attention, right? Pay attention to people, right? Literally, like paying, like offering, like, like an expense account here, right? Pay attention and look at their face, right? The, the cashier at the grocery store, the, the waiter at, at the restaurant. And then, and then last week, the assignment was to speak blessings, not cursings, 
blessings, right? We gave you a little blessings book to take home. If you weren't here last week, we have some more in the little vestibule here. Take them home and offer blessings. The assignment this week, there's also an assignment. Ordinary expectations. Expect yourself to be in a position to offer hospitality. The same way that Abraham offered hospitality to his guest. The same way that um, the psalmist tells us to make a joyful noise, right? Like, turn on your summer playlist. Have some fun. Expect that. But be prepared. Be prepared to to offer some hospitality, to offer some service, to, to wash the feet of the stranger, to welcome them in. And also be prepared for a remarkable an extraordinary expectation, the kind of expectation you can only imagine because you've experienced a promise, a fulfilled promise of a God who can resurrect the dead, a God who can give new life, a God that can, can pour out his spirit on all flesh and make things new and beautiful and good and true. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you liked what you heard and want to support us, you can do so by subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can leave us a review on iTunes, and if you want to contribute to Oasis financially, you can go to oasischurch.org. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace. Amen.